0: and welcome to geeksters i am your host sean and i'm your host ed and this is episode 12 really yes all right first of the year first is keeping track at home and today we have uh dave with us again hey dave say hi dave happy new year everyone happy new year dave
1: you guys almost sound like the correct way. Happy New Year, eh? Happy New Year, eh? <laughs> We're trying to get our Canadians to come in.
0: <laughs> All right. So the subject of today's show is going to be cosplayers, fan films, and anticipation of movies for 2013.
1: All right. Sounds, Sounds great. Cool. So we'll start off with uh, cosplayers.
0: Sure. Okay. What do you guys feel about cosplayers?
1: I you know for the most part I do enjoy them because there's a lot of cosplayers out there especially when you go to the comic book conventions and the sci-fi conventions. The just do a great job on some of the costumes they mm. make you know like there's a zombie gumby that comes up every once in a while I'm sure you've guys it's seen it the horror it. conventions too usually but yeah I yeah.
0: guess before we get into too detail I guess there's people out there who don't know what cosplayers are right. because they don't go to comic book conventions or horror conventions right cosplayers basically take it as it's Halloween all year round for these people they take their favorite character or characters, and they dress up like them.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: some are really, really good, like as mentioned. Yes. the zombie, g- zombie. Gumby is really good, but then there's ones that just do it just for the sake of doing it. Like the last Comic Con where I was at, guy was painted all in green and had the Hulk fists. Yeah, and that was his idea of being the Hulk. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, <laughs> you know, and it's a fat guy too, so it wasn't like. <laughs> Like, if you were a muscle-bound guy painted green, it'd be like a Lufrigno, it'd be different than some guy going, hey, I'm the Hulk, Hulk Smash,
2: give me a beer. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, Hulk Smash, Hulk want beer. Now, I did see a Hulk at a horror convention that did a really good job, and he was on stilts. And he had a suit that he wore that he put over it. It was all muscled kind of thing with the huge hands. That was hey, impressive.
3: That was Monster Mania. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: some of those guys actually do, like, a lot – put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into it. And those are the ones that I appreciate. You know, like, most of it's – oh, let's be honest. Most of it's girls. Right. That do it. They right. do the old sexy – They're the ones you notice. Yeah. <laughs> they do the sexy outfit. You know, like, uh, my one of my favorites is – the female Loki that was at the comic book convention last yeah, year yeah. she looked not yeah. only did she not only was she cute but the outfit looked great and not many people know that actually Loki wasn't female for a while in Marvel Comics right. for about a year maybe a year and a half mm-hmm. so it kind of was like if you were a geek and knew that it adds like that little oh my god she actually knows her shit right you know because some girls just kind of go oh well, I like Superman so i will be like I like Superman so I'll dress up as Superman se- sexy right yeah right. I'm like well, why don't you just be Supergirl because I don't like her <laughs> or last year we saw the um, the twins.
1: Oh, that was awesome! One yeah. was
0: dressed as Superman, the other one was dressed as Clark Kent with the shirt open. With the with you
1: know they, they were, were identical twins. so yeah. it was really cool to see it because it's like one fully looked like you know Clark Kent with the glasses, and the other one was dressed up as Superman. Very yeah. Cool. We
0: saw them at lunch, and everyone was like, "We got to get a picture with these guys, or get a picture of them." Because everyone was like, "Wow!" Yeah. So they, that I appreciate the cosplayers that mm-hmm. way, not the old. Hey, how you
1: doing? Look at me, I'm Thor. Hey.
0: That's just a regular hammer.
1: No, it's Mjolnir, whatever. It's my Thor hammer. Hey. Thor hammer's made by Stanley.
3: Yeah. It <laughs> goes squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> well, the Thor hammer was made by Stanley. Oh. <laughs> was
0: it wasn't made by uh, Steve, uh, what do we call it? What's, what was his partner? Dicko? It's not Dicko. Um Kirby, Jack Kirby, Yeah, you know, sure it wasn't Jack Kirby who carried created the idea. Since Stan Lee did steal most of his ideas, <laughs> sorry, Stan.
1: Yeah, but then, I mean, there was also cosplayers that that kind of went beyond. Um, I so, I haven't seen her live, but I've seen a, like a female Captain America looks pretty good. I've seen pictures of her on Facebook.
0: There's, I've been seen there's one circling around that looks like she's like an Avengers kind of pose. The girl have, you know, yeah, the blondeish, job, yeah. I think that's Photoshopped, not just because, obviously, she was standard, but she looks like Alison Brie from Community. Oh, okay. You know, except Alison Brie's got dark hair, but every time I see her, I go, that looks like Alison Brie, so I think someone, like, Photoshopped a girl. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, because, but she could pass for over Alison Brie like that. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm uh, on Facebook, I'm linked to a couple of those, like, cosplays people that... Right, right. Post their pictures.
1: There was also a uh, female skeleton. I think they she did a really good job yeah. in the last uh, comic book She was commercial. a wizard. World was she? yes. Yeah, she was yeah. In yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah.
0: There's also um, two. I, I just started. out um, in Los Angeles. Ivy Doom Kitty. She just hit twenty thousand fans on her uh, Facebook page. Wow. You know she does. Uh, she does black cat. She did a cat woman. She's done um, <laughs> Okay, you remember those rocks that I, I I told you about? I showed you in the episode of Star Trek. Yes, where yes. you know that that protruding
1: the the background rock scene.
0: Right. Well, because she lives in Los Angeles, her and they did a photo shoot out by those rocks where she plays a a red shirt and there's a female Captain Spock, but they're both instead of but it's like the sixty style skirts, right? That they used in the in the show, and it was pretty good. She's pretty good. I mean, she's really getting really creative. You know, So right now I'm kind of digging her. Okay. You know, because she seems to be pushing, and she's also fan-friendly, too. Like, if you post something, she'll be like, oh, thank you. Cool. Which is always nice, because you can post on somebody's page and they ignore you. Right. But she'll actually comment on something.
3: Cool. Cool. Do you guys have any favorite cosplayers of, in mind? Um.
0: Well, okay. Well, right now, besides Ivy, Doom Kitty, there's uh, the guy, Harley's Joker. He's awesome. He's good. He does the Joker, obviously. Right. But he's got that facial structure that, that lends perfect to almost alan moore's design of the joker from um
1: killing joke killing joke
0: yes thank you Mm -hmm. because it's it's thin it's narrow and he and i was actually watching it he did an interview with somebody like online Mm -hmm. and he actually talks about his process of putting that makeup on it's not just putting white makeup on and going he layers that so fine that his skin actually comes through right and it's almost like a three-hour process he does really yeah Wow, to to get that look, and he but he looks great, and all his costumes are either he sews them or he sees like vintage clothing that he goes buy for, and he him right now is probably one of my favorite. There is another girl, Sony. She's a I think it's Brown Sony, S O N I. She's a local girl because mm-hmm. we've seen her. I've seen her more at Philadelphia shows than anywhere else. She's pretty good too. Well, yeah.
1: the, the, I think the most impressive Joker that I've seen. And it was more of a Jack Nichols Joker from the, you know, the 89 Batman was our friend Dave. He, he we did from that in high hell. school. That's right. <laughs> when we were uh, in high school, we we dressed up and just for the fun of it. And uh, he did the Joker and it, the, the makeup and the hair and the whole nine yards. You had the outfit and everything. It looks so spot on.
3: Yeah, I went to a, a thrift store and found an old white suit. I, really? Yeah, and I took it outside. My mother went to a textile store and got me a purple dye, and I soaked it in the purple dye for 3 days. Wow.
1: Nice. Wow.
0: What were you if you guys dressed up? What were you? Batman? Nope. <laughs> what were you?
1: <laughs> I was I, well, I was not even a cosplayer. I was just like a zombie type. Like well, actually more of like a, gor- a gargoyle with a mask and I had a hump It was just a quick costume because we were just going out to fun. We were just there to scare kids.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was that was a fun night. I have to bug my mother. I I know we have pictures somewhere in my parents' house. Yeah, um I'd
1: like to get it up on the on the page if we could. That would be awesome. Yeah,
0: I I wish I I don't even know if this there ever was a picture taken. It was a Halloween. I was a kid. It was in the eighties. This probably my, my... Remember the show Greatest American Hero? <laughs> yes. I was the greatest American hero one year following. Halloween. <laughs> I, I drew the... I guess my most extent I've gone into cosplay. I mean, I, through the years I've been, you know, I did The Crow with the white makeup and the lines. I did Silent Bob one year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I you know because Silent Bob was easy because I'm a fat guy. So was Kev. So just basically threw a trench coat on <laughs> and I had a movies hat that I wore backwards. When was the... Greatest American Hero was in the 80s, so... Yeah. I was probably about 15, 16, maybe? 27, 28. That was 42. I just did yesterday. Um, I remember taking, and back then it was all just TV related. You had had to go by either a magazine or TV. You couldn't, there was no internet, so you couldn't access photos to kind of get Mm -hmm. what it looked like. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went out and I actually, on cardboard, drew the symbol, you know, a big one for the chest, a small one for the belt. Um, I think I used black tape for the belt. You know? But now the kicker is, the guy is uh, um, blonde, sure. blonde curly hair, and I'm I have dark hair and it's wavy. But my grandmother, God rest her soul, wore wigs, and she wore a blonde wig. So I was actually able to use one. Or I took one of her wigs. She gave it to me to use. So I was running around with a blonde wig, red tights on. <laughs> uh, had a my mom. My mom dyed a, a regular a white sweater red right. to get the red, and, and I used. Uh, black electrical tape and duct tape for the black and silver parts. Cool. And I had boots and everything. It was, I was just, I, just there's a picture I'm sure probably buried somewhere. I would you love must, to you see. You must find this picture. That would be awesome. That, that's what I did for my The
1: kid. Any of his friends out there have that picture? Enough, <laughs> no. Because it was just, I just did it
0: for Halloween Went around the block because I think I took my sister out. You know, because she's 10 years younger than me so she would be been
3: like six or seven. All right, okay. She was probably something. Probably princess. <laughs> well one of my favorite cosplayers is ruby rocket have you guys ever seen yeah. her she's a red-headed uh cosplayer and uh, she makes all her own costumes amazing she you know and she does male superheroes and she converts them to a very feminine version mm-hmm. and another interesting <laughs> point about ruby is she is a burlesque dancer and she'll bring her cosplay into her acts. Okay, and like you know if you ever wanted to see Batgirl strip go look up Ruby Rocket
0: <laughs> <clears throat> there's another girl too that's on there um, I forget what her name I wish I remembered her name was Lily Stitches there's another girl that she does that her, too her. She, she does she's more of a Harley Quinn girl she dresses up like a Harley Quinn a lot but she she's in a troupe a burlesque troupe that actually does that as a living dress up as um, <clears throat> as cosplayers to do a show I think she does it at, there's a place believe it or not called the and Paint Club yeah, you know, that, really? that she's actually gone to. She promotes a lot. It's up, think up somewhere in New York. Okay. You know, she does a burlesque show. She shows pictures. It's not like, oh, look at me, boobs. It's like used tassels and done like Pussycat Girl styles or whatever the hell. Yeah,
3: you know, pussycat, pussycat Dolls style. <laughs> yeah. And, and usually with burlesque, as they're dancing and stripping, it's telling a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really entertaining. It, it's for males and females, it's not like a gentleman's club.
0: Right. Yeah, I've always been impressed with the ones who actually go out and design their suits rather than just pull it off the rack or buy something off the rack and then modify it for themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like like Sony. She's been doing a lot of money more from Power Ranger stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. going creating her
3: suits that way. Okay, her outfits like the slutty Freddy Kruegers with they slash up the shirts and you see a lot of skin. Under yeah, the sweater. That, that never does it for me. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, you're pretty and all,
0: but if you're going to be a cosplayer, like just because just because you rip a sweater doesn't make you a cosplayer you know <laughs> actually put some time and, and effort into it you
1: know? now has there any been cosplayers that you saw that uh, just looked horrible just
0: well besides that that hulk guy yeah it's usually, usually you usually find them at the comic book conventions where it's you have the really high end ones where everyone wants pictures with and it's usually the girls mm-hmm. you know but then there's like uh, some star wars people are pretty good Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could go through the whole. There's that troop that all they're all stormtroopers that work the shows, but they also do like other um, charity things as well. Right. But to me, that do you consider them cosplayers if they're affiliated with like a group of people? I, I don't know.
1: Well, there's all there's like well, if you're talking about Star Wars, there's all those groups that are Jedi academies in different areas. There's like one in Philadelphia, there's one in New York, there's one in New Jersey, I think. Okay. And uh, you you basically dress up as a Star Wars esque outfit. You're not a like you're not Obi Wan. You're not Qui Gon You create
0: it's basically LARPing, right? You For know, those that's... people who don't know what LARPing is, live action role play. <laughs> LARPing. I'm a wizard. Magic missile. Magic missile. Magic missile. <laughs> and that
3: beanbag hit me. <laughs> you know
0: it's those people, <laughs> yes. but uh, because they they do like a lot of stuff at the shows, the cons. Yeah, they
1: usually do like a lightsaber battle type of uh, show for you if you you know are interested in that kind of thing.
0: You hang around long enough, you see a show. Yeah, every year when we go, Danielle has to get her, her yearly photo with Darth Vader. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I did see a chubby stormtrooper once. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, the guy was chubby and he had the whole the whole armor on, The armor was bulbous as well. So it was
2: like. <laughs>
1: You're well, at, least the, at least the armor fit, though. Yeah, you know, I've seen, <laughs> yeah. I've seen somewhere it's just like the chest plates way up above the gut; like gut just hangs out. You know? It's just a bare gut.
0: <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm with the force. Yeah, my name's Steve. Uh, I've been with the uh, Empire for now about three years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, with the, the janitor, Yeah.
3: Did yeah. you guys see the sexy uh, tra- stormtroopers? I've seen pictures of her with the big chest plate and the belly yeah. showing, and yeah. It's different, you know. I don't know where they got that chest plate from because it still matches the other stormtroopers. I well, mean, it's all modified, you know. <clears throat> Hammer that shit out. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the sticking with the stormtroopers, the battle damage stormtroopers are really impressive. I'd seen a couple at Shore Leave convention with yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, it's like, wow, like you know, I couldn't imagine paying fifteen hundred dollars for a professional costume and then taking the chance of ruining it. But they, right. they do an amazing job.
1: Yeah, it looks very good. It's not like it's like chip paint. And it's like a piece of plastic falling off. I mean, they do a really good job. I mean, it looks like they've been through a, a battle. I've Wars. seen
0: a picture of they've done the zombie versions of the Stormtroopers. I saw a guy who did a zombie version. Mm. You know, they're pretty good. You know, battle damage and stuff like that. But also kind of like you see part of the face and it's all torn apart. Right. You're like, it's right, not bad. You know. Yeah. I mean, the, the horror convention, there's always this one guy, he's a, he's a clown, he's on stilts, and he's got this real long chin. Scott Suloff. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Apparently you know him. You know? Yeah. Well, he's a Facebook friend. Yeah. I've met okay, him a great. couple times. Okay. So nice he, guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time we see him, he's real nice, real friendly. I never forget the first time we saw him, we had my nephew, Logan, and he was a kid. And my sister was holding him, he kind of came up, and my nephew freaked out. Was like Whoa. and he he literally felt bad for you. He was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." We're like, "No, no, it's all right. You know, it's fine." Then we had a, like a little. We had him in. A, we put Logan into his, uh, stroller. his stroller, and when he was asleep, we had Freddy Krueger kind of do like a little thing around him, <laughs> nice. so he was completely out Do did you know. Because every time we go, so he, he's got a, a thing with masks. I guess all kids go through it. Like every time Freddy or Jason came up to him, he just kind of like freaks out. He's like, "No." Stay the fuck away from me. i am gut you. <laughs> I'm Logan. Snicky, sneaky sneaky. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Well, I've seen some bad ones, but mostly at the. Uh, uh, I go to a uh, Renaissance fair, and I've seen some pretty bad costumes there.
0: Do you, do you now, okay, now let me ask you do you really consider them cosplayers, or you just consider them LARPers? Because to me, LARPers kind of like the low end of the cosplay scale.
1: Well, I mean, like, I'm not a LARP, bro. I dress up, I, I mean, I haven't dressed up in years, but uh, that's that's who I am, <laughs> I wear it with pride. <laughs> but uh, some of them, it's just, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't see them playing a the game, they're all walking around, just like everybody else, they're, they're trying to fit in, into the whole genre. Right, the girls wear the, the,
0: the, it's usually a chubby girl wearing a corset, and get her boobs up, to, up, yeah. know, up to her chin, and, you yes. know. <laughs> Walking around, you just feel like going, Burr-Winch, serve me other mead
1: <laughs> But I've seen like some wizards and they're 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 wearing a bed sheet that's got like moon and stars on it, you know, kind of thing, and they're wearing the pointy hat <laughs> with a big huge like uh, crescent moon on the top of it. You're like mm. Really? Did your mom make that
0: <laughs> I am Zandalf, Gandalf's younger brother. <laughs> I am a wither <laughs> <laughs> must have been him at the show <laughs> yeah it <that> was me <laughs> so I mean there's there's people who, who work at the Renaissance Fair I mean I consider them cosplayers but it's kind of part of their job right but the accent and stuff that actually works I mean you don't you know you had a comic book seeing and seen a Thor and him going where are are going like you know he's not talking old English it's like yeah yeah how you doing I'm Thor peace out what's up what's up I'm Thor Hammer Shield. That's Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have those guys at the at the Renaissance Fair. At all, just you know, I'm wearing elf ears. That makes me an elf. rather <laughs> than why are you wearing jeans and t-shirt? Yeah, I'm an elf. <laughs> why are you wearing an elf? <laughs> no, no, you're not an elf. You're short. And you're pudgy. <laughs> Elves are just be tall, thin guys. <laughs> I'm an elf. pointy ears. <laughs> 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 Okay. Well, now some people take those cosplay moments, and if they're good enough, actually spin that off into web series, webisodes, or what, what's known as fan yeah. films. Yes. Um, some of the most more notorious ones that have been tossed out in comic conventions are uh, Batman's Dead End,
3: mm-hmm. Grayson.
0: Yeah, Grayson. I've seen that one. I think that was on the DVD that we yes. watched yep. um, There's also a couple of Star Wars ones Now a couple of the Star Wars ones I've, I've heard are really really good You know like special effects And lightsaber duels And jumping around Like you know mentioning the dead end It's a Batman Joker kind of thing With at the end Oh look yeah, there's an alien and, and, and a predator And you're thinking Now this was back during the Alien vs. Predator comic book mm-hmm. So maybe that's the reason why I had like a big reaction But I saw it and I was impressed I was like that's it because there was no finale. For me, with doing a fan film, it should be a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Not just a beginning, or not just a scene. Doing the teaser trailer is one thing, but I'm, I'm tempted to go like, well, you got me hooked in by the trailer. I want to see a finished piece. You okay. know?
3: And I, I think maybe Dead End came out a little too <coughs> too early. If it came out today with like Indiegogo and Kickstarter, a little eight-minute video like that I think would have gotten a lot of backers. And they probably could have finished it.
0: True. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if the fan film. Like, I don't know. It's when you see them. For me, you never really know what their whole idea is. You just kind of, to me, like you're doing a film. Like this one actually kind of felt like it was just something to do to say we did it. You know, and again, back mm-hmm. at the time, it was it was big because it did have Batman and it. it was the um, Alex Ross looking Batman with just the gray suit and the black bat. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of the shots looked really really good. I thought the guy playing the Joker was mediocre you know he didn't I didn't really buy him as a joker for some reason I did stuff funky with his eyes and, and then having the alien and predator I was like oh that's great woo let's go see some shit going on and there was a little fight scene but then it kind of ended and they was just like wait wait that's it? it ended at the dead end yeah it was just there was nothing I was like eh. you know but like I said, I, I because I never saw it. I went the like we were at a car convention and I saw like it was like fifteen of those Batman films.
2: Mm.
0: So I bought it. Some were really good. We watched the, the Catwoman one. I thought was good. Yeah. But okay. Problem is, just because you play a character, you still have to have the ability to act. Because a lot of those are just horribly acted. You know. Oh look, I am Batman. <laughs> to the Batcave. <laughs> it's just uh, you know it's like uh, you know granted you want to be on camera and you want to do the whole action thing These take a class or two on acting just a lot of them just fall short and to me that pulls me out of the whole the whole watching it just kind of like oh uh, bad acting
1: uh, I, well you're just you're just tougher than others i mean like i appreciate that that they're willing to do this because i mean granted some of them don't do it for do it for nothing, so basically. Yeah, so of do things. do it for nothing. I, most, of their, most of their money goes to the costuming, to, the, to any sets, because a lot of times, like, they have to, like, rent an area out to, you know, like a, a lot of them do it in a parking garage, if you noticed. Right. That kind of thing, which is probably the most common place to do it because of good lighting and, you know, nobody will be coming in and bothering, especially if you can block it off. Right, and it's
0: probably free to run there because, you know, if it's a four-story building, you can always run up to, like, the third floor where no one parks you know, right. in the middle of the night. You know, I mean... I do know, I do realize, and I do appreciate the fact that they're doing it and they do it for nothing without Mm -hmm. any. I mean, like, look at us. Here we do a podcast, which, you know, what had maybe like 200 people listening to us. Yeah. We're not really getting paid to do this. We're doing it because we like doing it. So if it goes anywhere, great. If it doesn't go anywhere, who cares? Right. You know, but, you know, so a lot of these people have that same kind of thing. But financially, like, they do dump a lot of money into it. Mm -hmm. You know, it just feels kind of. I feel kind of like ripped off. Like, you're spending all this money on, you know, sets, costuming, lighting. Can you at least crank up the acting just a little? Like, <laughs> just a little, not a much. I mean, eh, you
1: know. Well, I mean, a lot of times, especially with a lot of those action they, they. I mean, I remember watching a lot of behind-the-scenes videos on the, some of those things, and a lot of them went into the fighting scenes. I mean, a lot of the action Well, the, the catwalk we saw,
0: <clears throat> the behind-the-scenes, was a lot of fighting, a lot of action scenes and fight right. scenes
1: they were working on like tirelessly seems like for months on end so I mean I don't think people think maybe we should do a read through or you know that kind of thing like maybe we should like look over the script and, and, and memorize lines and that kind of thing so it's uh, well I mean
0: having okay well having actually been on an actual real movie set and mm-hmm. watching a movie set being done like like Rocky 5 okay right, yeah, it was, yeah it was Rocky that's Five. an actual movie yeah it is you know but they just, you know, they get the little script scenes and then they go off and they actually do, you know, their scenes and stuff like that. But but to me, like, if you're going to do a script, at least there's certain things that have to get fleshed out, you know. Like certain points that you have to hit, I think. I feel like, you know, like, again, beginning, middle, and end.
1: Right. And I mean, like, in terms of acting, going to, like, professional films, say. Like, a lot of them, if you watch the behind the scenes, they'll they'll have a conversation. and It'll be slightly different because certain things they're saying. Sure. And the conversation kind of is different. And when the editing process happens, that's when it's like, you know, all melds. Right. And it's like, okay, now this story that they're presenting to us on the big screen is the actual movie. And it's like, okay, that's made sense. And then you watch behind-the-scenes stuff when you get it on DVD. And you're like, wow, yeah, that would be horrible if that conversation happened. Yeah. Because some of the phrasing wasn't correct.
0: Well, a uh, good part was when we were watching the cop-out with the, uh, the bonus stuff. Right. With him saying that here's a scene uncut and where it actually began versus where it actually shows up in the movie, mm-hmm. he, because it was, you know, but you do that in the editing because I think the real story, like, you can do as much film as you want, but the real story happens in the editing process, yeah. where you can pull those ideas out and you can take different takes. Going, okay, well that one didn't really work, but this one works better, mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah, I mean, kind of that's where I think the editor, it, it's key. A good movie has good editing.
1: Right, you know, it's but a, if they have a lot of different scenes to work with,
0: It helps them better. Helps
1: them a lot. Yeah, you know, they go, okay, hey, well, this conversation doesn't work, but conversation number three works really well. Let's yeah, put that one. You in. don't
0: want that director going, cut, print, perfect.
1: Yes, and, you
0: know, <laughs> and there's a mic in the way. You don't <laughs> <laughs> Guys only working a one take gun. Get gets to work what well, we gotta reshoot how come you did do more than one take it was perfect <laughs> and <laughs> did you look at the film <laughs> were you watching <laughs> it when you were directing it Call called him by his real name like
3: <laughs> I just I just wanted to add uh, to touch upon what Sean said um, one thing with indie films since I've done a lot of them mm-hmm. is you gotta realize the nightmare it is for the director to get everyone together everyone has full time jobs Everyone has families, they have their own commitments. They're they're volunteers. They wanna help out. It's something for fun. Sure. Right. And it's like, let's do it Saturday. Oh, I'm working Saturday. Okay, how about Tuesday? Oh, we're all working Tuesday. And it could take you weeks to get maybe three days where everyone is available.
1: But knowing you, do you prepare your lines?
3: I, I've prepared my lines, but then there's been some days because the the amount of days were so limited to get everyone together i'm not the smartest guy in the the world and (laughs) memorizing i'm not great at Mm -hmm. i'll try my best and i'll read and read and read i'll read for two weeks straight if i have to Mm -hmm. but then when you have 20 pages of script to go through in one day it's like i am going through a mental block Especially see, when I'm trying to deliver see, my lines believably, not like looking up to the right, thinking, "Okay, what's the next thing I'm supposed to say?" I don't want to look like I'm trying to imagine in my head what my next line's going to be. Right. Right. Well, like we go the the, the comic Jim Noir, one of my favorite comics. When he
0: acts, this is all, he says, "This is my process. Not my turn. Not my turn. Not my turn. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And what do I do with my hands? Not my turn. Not my turn. Not my turn. Not my turn." No, I saved my mind. Like, you know. Right. But if you look at any, like, if you look at the behind the scenes stuff, like, yeah, you may be doing 20 pages that day, but they're only filming one page at that moment. You know, so instead of trying to study the 20, you know, like some people, like, it's not like a play where you have to memorize the whole script because you do have cues. You're taking cuts and you're taking pauses in between each shot. Oh, sure. That's where you get the crib sheet to go, what are my next lines and to memorize just that phrase. That, that Sure, but you
3: still have to you still have to get familiar with the whole script so you can recite it comfortably and naturally. Sure. And when your scene is done, you're helping you're helping the other actors get together, mm-hmm. you're you're moving sets, people are asking you questions. So you might have five minutes of actual cram time right. before your next scene. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, okay, I'll be in my trailer for the next hour right. preparing myself. It's it's not like that with indie, <laughs> indie filmmaking. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying that
0: uh, there's, watching enough independent film, like the behind the scenes stuff, it's never like, oh, I want to be, you know, the people who go to their, they're the talent, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean when to me it's like if you're gonna be doing a script, no matter regardless of what kind of day you have, you know, if you're doing let's say out of out of this today's you're gonna to be blocking off this area. That's the scene you should be reading constantly while you're standing or getting ready. While they're setting up the lights
1: and stuff. Yeah, but he's like saying he's trying to read that but then he's got I gotta set up the lights. I've gotta I gotta do this stuff because it's not no, like
0: a Then I kind of kinda of that responsibility shouldn't be his. Because he's paid to be... He's not paid. I mean... No. I mean, I'm using the term paid loosely. You're right. there to be an actor. Right. So, therefore, you should be treated
3: as an actor. That you
0: should... not I mean, I can understand if you want to help Sometimes out. Sometimes that happens, but you know,
3: most of the time, mm. it's... The resources and the people are so limited, it's just not realistic. And, and we all we all believe in the project, and we all are pitching in to get it done.
0: Mm. I, I mean, I, I get that,
3: but I mean, on the days that you're working as
0: an actor... Right. Those are the, there's a, if I was directing or running a film you that's what your main focus would be on getting the script down and getting it right if you have any questions about the script come to me I'm not going to be as a director or as a producer going yeah I know you got this big heavy scene but can you move that light there for me you know because it's, if it's my job to make sure run, things are run smoothly I'm going to move that light to where I want it I'm not going to ask you because you have that job to do
3: you know and sure there's some some films I've been in where it is like that okay your scene is done Go to the little holding area, prepare for your next scene. But there's different levels of indie film. You could have a $10 million indie film, right. but it's still indie. Sure. But most of the films I have have a budget between $300 to maximum $5,000. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you want me to help you with your crappy movie? Uh, sorry, dude, I'm uh, I, I'm... Get my hair washed that day and they make these lame <laughs> excuses so it's like you have to like zero budget filmmaking mm. to get it right you know what i mean like it's so bad it's good you know and, and and it's not intentionally like oh geez this guy's line delivery is horrible like of course would we like it to be better sure but when you have three days to get through 90 pages of script with Twenty people and only five people are available. You know, on your average day, and then the extras, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it becomes a nightmare. You you have to look at budget and you have to look at people's time. It's it's not like I'm being paid. I could take okay. I'll take off for the next two weeks, and I'm dedicating my full time just to this movie. Perfect world. That's that's how it would be. But in reality, no one can do that. No one can afford to do that. I I, I agree. To a certain extent, but
0: there's also a point. Like, if I, if you want to be in that movie, then maybe you should, as an actor, or or like, if you believe in a project so much that that you're willing to devote that amount of time, it, you should be comfortable enough to say, you know what, I will take a day off from work to do it. You know. Oh, of course. Well, you know, it's it, to me, yeah. it's it's the people that say, well, I can't give you Saturday, but I can go. Like, like we, I know you. We have 300 people working on this job. But now you have to change 300 schedules to suit the one person who can't come in that day. That's the part where, like, it's like, well, you're, you're trying. Then you're not really believing in that project because now you got 300 people waiting on you.
3: Right. You but know. you also you also have to understand in reality, jobs are hard nowadays. I understand employers that employers are a guy tough. That Doesn't have one. And you know, like people people want two weeks notice to take off. And scheduling not even done for the film yet. How can you give two weeks notice if if uh, scheduling for the film well, isn't then, done? That's the
1: thing. I mean, they, you you kind of the as being like a director type of person, you have to kind of like schedule it all out, like in, in ways in, in terms of figure out. Okay, I have to say it's three hundred people. I have to deal with what what. How can I make this minimal for everybody that's an actor? And then versus like, behind-the-scene people. Like, if there's only, like, one person, it's, like, really a camera operator and maybe the sound guy, if they, if you have one, you know, kind of thing, and maybe that's all you have, and you maybe have one assistant that's, you know, your kid's sister. Right. Mm-hmm. Safe of thing, helping out. Like, you've got to figure out, okay, well, that's our behind-the-scenes group. As a director, I have to figure out how the, this small group is going to handle the acting crew... In terms of where I can give you more time to prepare because even though you might have taken two, three weeks to learn your lines or try and learn your whole script, there's going to be changes. There's going to be scheduling where, okay, this morning we were going to do page eight to, 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 mm-hmm. do, to do the scene, but I don't have this set up properly. So we're going to do page eight later in the day, and now today, we're you know right now we're going to do – and you're like – I prepare for page eight. I don't know what I'm going to do.
3: Right. And you then know, you start cramming. You start cramming. So, sure.
1: But the thing is, though, as a director, you go, okay, well, you have to cram. So I'm not going to bother you to move lighting, to move a set. Because right. I need you to be focused. Because when you are on camera, I don't want you would be going. Um, so I walked. Live. Right. <laughs> uh, Bob. What's his name again? It's Steve. Oh. Uh, Steve. When I see you in the light, I think of you as Bob. Wait, what? <laughs> like it makes no sense. And that's, you know, that's the, I know it's a bad uh, right. Example, but, but uh, okay, go ahead. But the thing is, like as a director, that's the thing like you have to set up in terms of, I mean, to me I'm kind of the director of this little thing. Sure. And I give you guys a minimal amount of work. I mean, you guys do research, research on what you need we need to do to, for the show, mm-hmm. but in terms of like, like, well, okay, I'm going to handle editing. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to handle that because I want to make this as minimal for everybody else. So that way when they come in, they're going to have a complete conversation to go. And then that way, you know, type of thing. Now, of course, right. this is a small band of people. So it's kind of easy for me to do that. right But see, like if you had a, a class of 20 people in, in doing a film, yeah, it's tougher. But you've got to go, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be working my behind the scene group to death. But I can't really ask an actor unless it's an extra in the background that has no lines. But
3: do you know how many times it was just me, the director, who's doubling as the cameraman and my partner, and that's it? Right. You know, like, that's zero-budget filmmaking. Right. And as an actor, I do want the best for the film. Like, let's say in January, somebody approaches me and says, Dave, we're going to be filming in March. Well, the first thing I'll do is as soon as my March schedule comes at work, I'll give that director all my days off. And the director will say, well, these days are going to totally be out. I will get back to you. Okay, fine. Well, if you need me to take more days off, give me two weeks notice. Never fails. They give me like one week's notice. Are you available next week? No. So then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I still want to help out in the project. I don't want to screw up your schedule. I'm sorry that I can't take off for you. Instead of making me one of the main characters, give me a small part. Give me a part that could be filmed in a day or two. And I've done that so many times I can't even count, where I was offered big roles, but to due to my job, I said, can I trade up for a small role? Because I don't want to be out of it completely.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, but, but I think That's the, the reality. The key, of, okay, the, the key mm-hmm. phrase you said there was that you give them, when March comes, you give them their schedule. And then they have to work around you. If they knew what their production schedule was
3: beforehand, right? But you also got to remember they got to work around everyone else's work schedule. Sure, but
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's that's I guess the point. The point of, of being a good director is saying this is the time. Like, a director is the leader. He can't just put a camera in point and go go. He has to, yeah. That's part of his job. But it's also to make sure when production is going to be done, what what what's available, what's not available, and to sit there and go, okay, I want to start doing a film in March by the end of January, he should already know his shooting schedule if he's a good director, you know, and, and runs a smooth ship. Cause I know you've been on set where the guy's like, okay, we're going to do this today. And it turns out to be wrong or someone can't make it that day. You know, sure. Things happen, but he should be supplying his actors with the materials they need to be able to make the adjustments in their life. Not the other way around where you kind of go, these are the days I'm free. You know, now like i'll let you know the month that you're shooting he should be kind of preparing you like a month before that month even comes
3: in february you should say this is our schedule oh and they they try to do that but then of course when the actors start replying all to everybody in the emails oh i have to a bar mitzvah to go to that day i have a wedding to go to that day Oh, my wife and I are going on vacation that week. And then the director who had everything planned out is now scrambling to come up with other dates.
0: I'd be a taskmaster. manager. I'll be like, all right, you're fired. Because, I, you know, you don't think, like, okay. But I, then you, you won't
3: have nobody because then, then there's not that what? many people out there that are willing to do that.
0: Then, then you just go look. Then We're just not going to, you know, there's, you can go to a, uh, what do you call it, a creative arts class in and, and a college and say, I'm looking for actors, you know, to do it. You don't need your friends to help you out with something like that. You want your friends because you want to make it as friendly as possible. But as a director, if, like, if, if you want to take yourself serious as an actor, and I'm talking about like the person who wants to take it serious, not like this is a,
3: it's a part-time thing. Well, I, I consider know? myself a hobby actor. I do it right. for the fun of it. Okay, you do it for the fun of it,
0: but there, I'm sure you've come across people who want to make this a career, you know, who don't want to look at, who are doing it for for one specific, like. Who hopefully it eventually becomes more than just basement acting, like you know where I'm I'm staying in the basement. We're doing a couple scenes and then I go home. i a regular job. Some I'm, I'm sure you've met some people who want to try to make it a career. Sure. Okay. Th- those people are, are they're the ones that are going. Oh, I can't make it this week because I have a wedding to go to. Mm-hmm. You know. To me, you're not taking your craft seriously because you don't think that there's. But you think-
3: <clears throat> you you can't take your family seriously if you have a wedding to go to yeah but if if, if, if you, you have if a you family have
1: a, if you have a schedule though and you you know it's January and you, they're filming in March wouldn't they know that the, the, the wedding comes up it's not like oh yeah, you know the what the director <laughs> wouldn't
3: know that I have a wedding to go
0: to yeah, yeah but no, would know. Know. that's the reason why he gives you that he would give you that production sheet and well in advance to there and go these are the days we're filming mm-hmm. when are you available
1: and then if if, mm-hmm. if if actors take so long to get back to them and then all of a sudden now their schedule's change because they have a wedding i mean it's just like i usually know like three four months in advance when a wedding is coming up you know especially my family you know kind of thing i mean i've graded every family but that's what i'm
3: saying the director but, will say you know it's january two months from now in march we're filming on this date the emails start replying back sorry this person's not available for this reason actor b isn't available for this reason actress well that's the
1: thing then the then the director should be right on it automatically like within the next day going okay that prescription schedule is not going to work here's my new one the you know these are days off and that gives you still time to take to change your schedule because you have to take days off You're like well right you know i gotta take a day off now because this is the day i'm working but you know I, i'll have to take off for the, my craft but that's the thing like the, but it seems to me like a lot of your directors mm-hmm. what they do to you is last minute they go all of a sudden now it's like you don't hear anything nothing happens all this time goes by and then finally Oh, next week we're filming. Can you make it? And you're like, I keep telling you, I need two weeks' notice. Like, I need to get... Sure, that's happened. Right. And, you know, because they,
3: they do have to cater to the majority of people like that, that can show up. Right. You know? Well,
1: you know, and the, they also have to We also have to think of the positive way of doing things, like in terms of, like, how can we make this a better industry for independent people with, with no money? And I think the best way... Is to do like a like kind of like a Kickstarter type of project, right? Oh right. My god,
0: that is going to be the weak shoehorn into the whole point of this whole thing. <laughs> god, basically people who thanks, are listening. Thanks
1: for helping me out. <laughs> Jesus, that was. Thanks, so... for, thanks for backing me up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna,
0: you know me. I'm always going to call you in your weak <laughs> bullshit. Basically, the reason Just why we're talking me about this. Off the ship now, <laughs> because basically the reason why we're talking about this because one of the subjects we wanted to bring up was Kickstarter programs and Indiegogo's. People who do fan films, who ask for money from outside sources. Yes. Okay. So we got here, there's a couple of films that we were kind of interested in seeing where it goes, where we do think that production-wise is is an idea, like the one one that we you and I were just talking about earlier before the show started, is it the Batman Chronicles? Yes, the Batman Chronicles. Okay. These are guys who started up uh, an Indiegogo site mm-hmm. to sit there and they need 15 grand in 50 days. Okay. Okay. So, and they're taking they're taking you know donations, basically donations, but you're also get kind of like perks. Like, I personally put a hundred dollars of. I like the project. I think it's a good idea. They got Harley's Joker to play Harley. I mean to play, play Joker. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see him act as the Joker. So you know what? I put a hundred bucks of my own money into this fund to kind of see it get off the ground. Right now they have fifty days to get that goal, you know. And when they get that goal, that's when they start working on budgeting or in production. So you might not actually see this web series until sometime next year.
2: Right. But
0: at least how it come ties back into what we were discussing about earlier, it's not that, oh, guys, next month, we're going to start filming. These mm-hmm. guys actually are trying to do it the right way to make
3: it a film. Right. right. But when, and again, but that goes back to budget. Right. You know, when you, when you have the budget to pay your actors to schedule things out, to say these are definitely going to be the dates, either you're in or you're out, money <clears> talks. Right, you know, and well that's
1: that's why I think this is a you know a great. It's idea. a great idea, right. and
3: and uh, with digital editing, the beauty of uh, computers, I've seen some fan films and and even indie films that have amazing special effects. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. special effects, beautiful costumes, green screen is getting so well, like it looks like they're on a professional set, and here it's just a green sheet behind them. Uh, what do you call it? I yeah. bought the first. I actually have a green screen
0: at my house, an actual Mm -hmm. green screen. I I bought a a thing called Mm U-Star. It's basically a camera, and it's a game where you actually give you clips of movies, and you stand behind the green screen, you act out the scene, and then it converts you into that movie. Like, I've been in, you know, like, American Pie, Blues Brothers, where they take out Jake and Elwood, and they put me in, whoever I'm with, or just me, you know, in the scene. Mm-hmm. And so it came with um, a webcam and this big-ass green screen that, you know, with the stand and everything like that. So green screens are real simple to get. Right. I mean, I, I don't even use that anymore because now it even advanced so far. It even went to the next step because like, you figure, okay, well, you need the camera and you need the green screen. Well, for the PlayStation and for the Kinect system, you know, the Xbox, there's the U-Star 2, which is the sequel. You don't get the green screen because now they actually have it in some way where you don't need it now. You just stand in front of something, and then it converts you into into the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, which is great. So special effects have gotten you know cheaper to do, obviously, Right, to sure. a certain screen, and because of digital cameras, it it's cheaper to make because a lot more a lot more films yeah. are going digital. No right. one uses a real camera anymore. You
3: know. It's getting harder to find too. Right, it's
0: hard to find film. It's hard to find working cameras, especially when you know when you have uh, your own camera mm-hmm. that does 1080 DP. Uh, and it fits in
3: my pocket. Fits in your
0: pocket, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. So why do you need that fancy schmancy camera when with three guys and a decent camera phone can actually produce something pretty well, you know? But to go back to these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. they're trying to get a budget of, you know, 1500 bucks, mm-hmm. 15000 15000 sorry. 1500 bucks. they already got it. Um, <laughs> $15,000. And they did say it goes for costuming, goes for production, you know, locations, rental. You know, because I think they want to get a Batmobile. You know, they kind of, they want to do it right, but they also realize that do it takes money. It's not, I think doing that is now the future of filmmaking. Right. You know,
1: for independent. Especially if you really want to do it really well, you know, you're not just, you know, you bought a Batman costume at, you know, the Halloween shop. You throw it on, you run down the street, you know, I'm Batman, I'm Batman. Oh, Batman! oh <laughs> my shoe.
3: <laughs> so, well, anyway, uh, if you go to indiegogo.com, the Batman chronicle series. You will find it, and I'm sure Ed and Sean will put it up on the website. Yeah, yeah. yeah I already put up the teaser
0: trailer on our web, our Facebook page, because mm-hmm. uh, I because the guy who's playing Harley's Joker's he's the main sell for me because I I like his look, mm-hmm. I like his Joker. I, you know, he, I've seen interviews with him. He looks like a very personable guy, and the trailer looked pretty creepy. You know, it looked really good. That whole teaser thing. I'm like, you know what? I, I'd want to see this guy do it. Mm -hmm. I think he'd be just as good as any other guy, if not better, because he actually is a real actor as well. It's not like, it's not like a part-time gig for him. It is part of his craft. He actually, you know, does movies himself. So it does seem to be like, this guy will take it, kind of, not like, throw some white makeup on. (laughs) You know? I don't know who the guy is Batman yet, because I haven't seen, like, the full thing. But I'm like, yeah, you know what, 400 bucks, here you go, go for it. Right. You know, It, it looks interesting, it looks good. So, I mean, I highly recommend people backing it up because, like I said, just for him alone. You know, when you see him as a Joker and realizing it's just makeup, it's not prosthetics, it's not, you know, any kind of, he does not put any nose on
3: or ears, it's just all him.
0: You just go, wow, he's good.
3: Yeah. You know? Now, uh, you, know, you guys know that Batman's probably my favorite superhero out of all of them. Right. And uh, we were talking about Renaissance fairs. Uh, sticking to the subject, I just wanted to mention Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, there's a group of people that want to make a medieval makeover to Batman. And they want to do uh, mm. chain mail. They want to make a Batman, a Robin. Uh, their goal is $20,000. If they get a little bit more than that, they're going to add Two-Face. And if they get, uh, I believe, 20, $25,000, they're even going to make a medieval joke or complete with chainmail jester hat, and... The whole medieval nine yards. Wow. Uh, so, if you are interested in ever seeing a medieval Batman with real weapons and real chainmail, check out Kickstarter.com and search "Legends: The Dark Knight."
0: Great. My only thing is that movie is. I'm just going. Okay, he's supposed to be the knight. It's all about scary and sneaking up. How can you clank, 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 clank? clank. Halt two face, I will stop you. Clink 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 clink
3: clink. <laughs> well I never I never really saw uh, Adam West as a uh, dark knight, but I love him as Batman. That's <laughs> because back then it
0: wasn't designed to be the it wasn't a, he, there is was, Batman it wasn't a dark knight until Frank Miller came around.
3: Yeah. yeah, just another point of interest. You know, we are geeksters. I love sci-fi. I love anything Star Trek, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Ed has seen it with me. Sean, have you ever seen a Star Trek fan film called Of Gods and Men? Probably not. Really good.
1: They All right,
3: no, they got professional see. prop people. Uh, they got some of the actual <gasps> actors from the various Star Trek series and movies, and they made a really nifty. Uh, High production oh. value Star Trek episode. Okay,
0: let me ask you a question. Now, once you get real actors involved, like from the actual show, is that still considered a film fan film? Fam? Fan film
3: because it has to, because Paramount did not Both approve it. Yeah. Right. Uh, the the SAG actors, you know, the Screen Actors Guild. That were all in the Star Treks. So they had to get special permission. They had to get their lawyers to look uh, at okay. it. okay. You know, to make sure that they weren't breaking any contracts.
1: Right. And they're not making any money on this film. They're not
3: making any money on the film. And then SAG has to approve them because, you know, they're part of a union that says you're supposed to make this much money for how many hours you work. Right. So then they have to get waivers for that. And it's really made out of the labor of love. The reason why I bring up Star Trek of Gods and Men, uh, we threw out some numbers earlier. $15,000 for Chronicles, $20,000 for uh, the medieval Batman right. um, Legacy. You might say, geez, that's a lot of money. That, that's impossible. It's not, it's not impossible. Because let me tell you, <laughs> of Gods and Men, they're working on a sequel called Star Trek Renegade. Their goal was $200,000. I thought no way. Well guess what? They got over 2000 backers. They've raised 2 I'm sorry, 242,483 cents from Kickstarter alone. And
1: wait, wait $83 or 83 cents?
3: 2000 I'm sorry, $242,483. Wow. They did not talk about cents. <laughs> like, who
0: threw in the three bucks? So, the cheap bastard. Three freaking dollars. Here, two so bit. they. they... <laughs> Make my <Bob Oofy."> movie. <laughs> who gave it a dollar? Everybody. <laughs> I mean, because you figure it this way. Like, like, yeah, it's a Star Trek project. So how many millions of Star Trek fans are out there? How many millions of Batman fans are out there? Not not enough to sit there and go here's money for a project. Star Trek is a different Star Trek and Star Wars are two completely different beasts. I mean, you got you know how many how many uh, magazines devote to, to Star Trek? And I'm not that's
3: I'm still impressive. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they got over forty two thousand above what their goal was. Sure, mm-hmm. but
0: I'm I'm saying if you put an ad in one of the Star Trek magazines, if any, if every Star Trek fan gave a dollar, right. you could hit that. You know, I mean, uh,
1: that to me is like you, you uh, could beat JJ Abrams' budget. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, if everybody, reality, you know, if every, yeah. if
0: every Star Trek fan says that's a Star Trek movie. I like it. Gives, I'll put a dollar in for that. That's that. That is impressive alone. Right. But again, like I said, Star Trek and Star Wars are two different beasts. I mean, if you can get somebody to back that up, you know, and especially to get the actors that were in other Star Trek stuff to promote it and mm-hmm. talk about it then sure as shit, you know, like if, if George the guy said, oh my, I'm going to be in a fan movie. I just need two dollars from all my fans. You know? <laughs> Can we throw money at him?
2: Here! Here!
0: Oh my. take your money maker.
2: Yeah.
3: So it's impressive. I mean, you know, that's pretty badass. But I'm not going to read off the entire, but they, they for for Renegades, they, they got a uh, shitload of Professional actors. Give Please, us a couple. Just give us a handful. Yeah. Um, Eddie Furlong, uh, Tim Russ, who <laughs> played Tuvok. Um, okay, Eddie Furlong, the kid from Terminator Two, who, who played Chekhov. Uh, do you remember? Wait, he, he's in it. Um, Robert Picardo. Ethan Phillips, that news, he's my favorite.
1: <laughs> Not impressed. <laughs> We'd walk by. Well, as soon as you said Ever Furlong, <laughs> we I was Star- like,
3: wait, the kid from Terminator 2?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we
3: Monica to- Keenan from uh, Freddy vs. Jason's going to be in it. But that
1: Ethan Phillips. Corin <laughs> We were walking by. We were at a Star Trek convention. We were walking by. And he's sitting there. And he's like, hi, how you doing to all the fans and stuff. And Sipon would just look at him go, I'm not impressed. Like to his face. <laughs> well, That's we go like at
0: one hark event where Eddie Furlong was at. He walked right by. And he looked stoned yeah. out of his gourd. He looked like he just woke up in yeah. his clothes. And I'm just gonna. He's gonna be in that movie. Yeah, sure, All right, I'm in. <laughs> Here Here's my two bits. Make, you know what? Make that eighty five dollars. <laughs> two dollars.
3: <laughs> but I'm. I'll give. Uh... Ed and Sean, my notes. Maybe the the want to post the uh, the full list of actors that they have so yeah. far, and they're still adding to it. Well, and they, they still have other investors that are stepping up, even though their Kickstarter is over. Is over. Um, they're still finding money. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing. Was well, they've
0: Kickstarter <laughs> and Indiegogo are, are two companies. I'm sure there's others out there. That sure. That. But Kickstarter and Indiegogo are kind of like the Facebook of the time. You know, like.
3: I've had friends that said, look, I'm making a movie for the fun of it. It probably won't go anywhere. If you would like to contribute, PayPal me some money. Right. You could do that too. Yeah, Sure. Yeah. I'm going to start a movie. guys. Everyone out there, send me a dollar. That's all I'm asking for. You'll get $200 if all your fans do that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine,
1: it's a good lunch. <laughs> oh, no money for the movie. Sorry guys. It's gonna be filmed at a <laughs> I'll use my I'll use uh, it's my. It's gonna uh... be filmed at River. You know, we should make a five minute <laughs>
3: short just for the fun of it. And you should throw it up on your site. <laughs>
1: We've we've been throwing around some ideas for a film. So flounder, <laughs> my idea let's, for
3: flounder. Let's see if Sean can put his money where his mouth is.
1: Oh, I, I, I wouldn't bother because I know I can't act. So I'm why why go in? I, I think that flounder bit you were doing the other day was hilarious. Flounders.
0: flounder's great. We'll do that. We'll do a dedicate an episode to just flounder you and I. Yes, where it's our catfish spinoff.
1: <laughs> uh, you know
0: what? I've done my gig on acting. I've been in. Plays. I've been on stage. I had a friend who actually, you know, my friend Ross, during when he was in college, when he needed a guy, I, you know, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? There was actually a video. Remember um, the Elvira Mistress of the Dark? Sure, yeah. Okay, remember they had the local chick doing it, her their own ver- Every city had their own like right. Elvira. Mm-hmm. I forget. I think I forget who ours was, but she was doing this contest, and again, it was in the '80s, so I was in high school. <laughs> More, more, more wilder, thinner looking Sean. Where my friend Ross, who who later going on to actually become a, a a producer of, I think he was working on Baywood Bay Baywatch Nights at one point. Mm-hmm. Granted, okay. not a great show, but still, it's good. that Your is in the door kind of it's, thing. Yeah, he got worldwide. He's, on, he's on TV. Yeah. But, you know, what do you? you know, what he, um, he emailed me not too long ago. He his mom sent him like he used to have a box of stuff that he used to do. He did a music video for. Um, Samantha Fox's, um, I think it was "Touch Me," where I'm Frankenstein, and our other friend, my other friend is the Bride of Frankenstein. And I'm shackled to a, a wall, mm-hmm. and, you know, with green makeup on and bolts in my head. It's it's very funny because I mean, you're talking decades
1: ago can we get a copy of this video
0: uh, he asked me if I wanted it. I was like yeah put it on just send it to me he's just gotta you know find it you know can, can we That'd get on awesome. the site I would put definitely I would definitely get on okay.
1: the site okay. I am not a sh- I mean I love the Not it's wasn't bad because at the time <laughs> if, if not I'll be like telling your friend send it to me. I got I'll no problem. Like... I got you know what? I've I've never been one
0: to shy away from stupid stuff. Like if I can put my foot in my mouth, fine, give it to me. I deserve it. Yeah. This was fun to do. It was kind of low budget crap because we did it with no money. Right. And it, but it was just the whole idea of us being all together cuz we had a camera crew, but we were all high school kids doing it. You know, like the clothes I was wearing were the clothes I wore walking in. You know, all we do is put makeup on me. Um, my hands weren't green, so I'm there, you know, shackled to a wall at one point. My hands are all like, yeah, hey, and I'm going, Arr, <laughs> Arr. <laughs> I can't wait. I, if, if the moment I get my hands on it is the moment I will gladly hand that over going, here you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
0: we got no, there was no Kickstarter back in my day. <laughs> The way we got money was, Dad, can I borrow 20 bucks? What are you going to do with it? Make a movie? <laughs> I mean, so those numbers, go back to those numbers, I mean, Kevin Smith's clerks made it for 27500 mm-hmm. And that gave him a career for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know? So, stuff like that. I mean, there, there is an the ability to actually be able to do it if it's done right.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, not that weekend warrior, dude, we're going to put a movie together. Can you give me from like 5 to 7 tomorrow? You know that to me, like I think it hurts you more mm-hmm. because it does kind of like you and you do it for the enjoyment, but you're stuck with doing these these roles when you can, because you you're, you're kind of sometimes you kind of feel I feel like you're kind of tied down in a way because you sure. go, you want to do this and you love doing it, but because real life interferes with that, goddamn real life, you know. <laughs> I just think like if if the people that if. A person should be able to kind of not only work around it, but also give you. Since you do, if I know the people that I'm working with have such limited time, and I'm asking limited time from them, I would try to be as as accommodating as I possibly can.
3: And many of to them, the and many of them do try to do that. Yeah. It, but, it, you know, just like snowflakes, every director is different, and a lot of directors are flaky. Right.
0: <laughs> so we'll put the we'll
3: put the uh, the links
0: to all those on. Yeah. Cool. You know, yeah, I'm sure there's a couple in there that you didn't, you know, th- hit there.
1: What uh, are we looking on time there, Ed? Where are you? for an hour. All right, good. You want to take a break and come back and do like a mini one? All right, we're going to end this episode, but we'll come back and do part two of our podcast. And but what, what's uh, what episode is this? Doesn't matter anymore. Twelve.
0: Who cares? Twelve. <laughs> we'll be doing episode thirteen. <laughs> Actually, twelve
1: point five. Thirteen. <laughs>
2: All right, we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, if, if not, then uh, we'll see you next week.